Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, and welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. I hope everybody is having a fantastic day out there. My screen was a little messed up. I apologize for that. I hope everybody's having a fantastic day out there, and welcome to the storm, I guess, if you want to call it. We have a lot of things happening in the world. Today's episode is Patriots Fight Back, the big setup, episode 412. And uh, we have some interesting new developments on the raid of Mar-a-Lago we're going to be getting into of COVID, COVID vaccines, um, China, everything in between. Uh, we're going to set a few for reminders. We actually have a guest tonight, Steve Johan, and uh, we're going to be talking to him in a few minutes. I'm going to do his intro here, read his bio in just a few seconds. This is a great guest. I actually met him on DEF CON 5 on American Media Periscope doing an interview with him there. We hit it off, had a great conversation, so I'm like, you need to come on my show. So I'm going to go pull him in in, in just one second. Uh, but I wanted to run down a few of the intro lines here. We have After Dark Chat Tonight. And so that is at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is only on the socialredpill.com. So you have to be a member of the socialredpill.com. So if you are not, please head on over there and join that. We have the uh, we have the the battle of the streams going on as well. That's D Live, Pilled, and Rumble. If you guys want to help support the Red Pill Project and everything that we do and alternative media, you can go on over there as well as our Give Send Go campaign, which is redpills.tv/go. Uh, Donald Trump has came out and spoken about what has happened. We've had a lot of other people chime in. We've had a lot of insider information coming in from various other people close to Mar-a-Lago and Donald Trump. So we're going to jump into that after our interview with Steve Johan. And I'm telling you, you're not going to want to miss it. This is going to be um, pretty crazy in the sense of how all this is unfolding. Um, we're going to go pull in Steve Johan here in just one second. In the spring of 2021, Steve Johan set out to write a book about spiritual warfare, but God had other plans, which led Steve to write Breaking the Deception Code, a Truth Seeker's Guide to Discernment. And uh, we talked about this, and this is a, actually a pretty incredible book, and I can't wait to talk to Steve. So let's just go ahead and uh, bring him in. Give me one second. We're going to pop him in right now. Steve, what's up, my man? How are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you, Josh, for bringing me on. Well, I appreciate you being here. We had that interview a few weeks ago on uh, DEFCON 5 with James Grunvig, and uh, we hit it off pretty well. And I think your book is something that people really need to hear about because, you know, it's talking about breaking the deception code. But really what it's really about and your backgrounds in marketing, and I have a background in marketing, is is information warfare that's being propagated against us social, socially, culturally, as well as digitally. And how to really break that chain. So if you please just feel free to give us a, a, a summarization of the book and tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, well, uh, since our infancy, since I, I tell everybody, since we were born, we've been indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. We've been brainwashed. We've been propagandized. And when you look out on the world, you're, you're, you, you have a lens that's over your eyes. And that lens dictates your internal belief system. And it depends on what your lens is. The more clouded that lens is because of indoctrination, the less you can see. The, the more you work at becoming in, unindoctrinated, which is what my book's all about, 
and showing you the methods that we are indoctrinated, the better you can start seeing, you can perceive, you can understand, you can uh, look at what's going on. Uh, you're like, you're talking right now about the Trump situation. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing, I mean, historically, we are living in amazing times. 2020 came down. Uh, they took a seasonal flu and they turned it into a pandemic and 80% of the population said, oh, well, let's just go right along with it. And how did they, you know, how did that, how did they pull it off? I explained that in my book. But talking about Trump, we don't know everything that's going on. When you hear the mainstream news, unless you, Josh, or I, Steve Johan, am in that room with Donald Trump, if we were there, we don't know what's really going on. And so it's a perception war that we're told. I mean, the Ukraine, the Russian thing, we don't know what's really going on. We only are taking in what we're fed. And once you understand that, that's why a lot of individuals, your watchers, your listeners, they know this. They're becoming more adept at understanding that the world we live in is not there to tell you the truth. It's there to make money on your misery, whether it's the medical world, whether it's the pharmaceutical industry, whether it's the war rooms, you name it, it's about profit. And then also, you go to the next level up. It's about removing people from this planet mm. that certain psychopaths don't like. And they do many, many different ways. I talk about that as well in the book. But So let's just come back. The, the, the entire book is based on explaining all the methodology that's being used against you and I, Josh, and your audience to convince us that what we're seeing is real when it's not. And I go into great detail. It's 400 pages, a lot of graphs. I use uh, um, photo images that I've pulled. I use primary documentation from the government, from Bilderberg and others, so that you can actually read their own words and not take it from Steve Johan. And uh, so everything you deal with, Josh, on your show is about trying to help people be aware and then not jumping to any conclusions per se, but question the narrative. Because you know that term, the narrative. What is that? Right. You write a story, and there's a narrative in that story. They frame things. They broadcast it out. So when we're watching a broadcast, they're casting out something like a spell to you. And once you understand that, then you start pulling back. You look at the texts, your textbooks. You look at what your medical doctors know. If they've been basically brainwashed from the CDC, from their AMA-approved uh, uh education, um, they're going to only tell you what they know. And it doesn't mean that they hate you. There are just a lot of people that are ignorant. And so my book is there is to help you open up and understand uh, that you have to open up. And I even have a place in there that talks about the 12 stages of awareness. Mm -hmm. First one is dullness. And then from dullness, you go to an awakening. An awakening can be anything. And I think a lot of people woke up, not to be confused with the woke movement, woke up during 2020 and said, what is going on? What is going on? I've never seen people act this way. And that made them, it drove them to people like yourself, to me, to others, and saying, I need to find out something that I'm not hearing on the news, that my doctor is not telling me, that the school isn't telling me, that my business isn't telling me. And it got them to start thinking differently. And it opened a lot of people's minds, millions. But that's just the first phase. That's that's just the COVID. There's thousands of things that you've been told your entire life that may not be true. And I'm not going to tell you what those are. I just want you to know that I can walk you through those stages 
And to be honest, Josh, a lot of people aren't willing to go past stage three and that, that, that step three, that stage. <clears throat> they, they awaken and they go, if I have to accept that as a fact, I have to transform my life. And oh my gosh, think about the news anchors. We've seen some of them in the last two years leave their posts because they finally said enough is enough. I'm not allowed to come on and bring somebody with an alternative view. And then they stepped aside. But that may be a handful compared to the thousands and tens of thousands of people who work in uh, primary markets, secondary markets, tertiary markets, from your radio DJs to your, uh, your big Walter Cronkite style people. Uh, they're all getting paid way too much to right. leave that job. And as I tell my friend, I got a few friends that like to watch Tucker Carlson, and I call him, well, too late Tucker. That's my, my, uh, that's my nickname for him because he's about a dollar short and a day late for everything he's giving you. It's about a year and a half that he'll come out and allow certain things to be on his show. But he was mums the word when it came out with the COVID thing, mums the word about the injection thing, mums the word about uh, the, the, the scandal of the stealing of the votes. Not until a year, two years, two plus years later is he now bringing people onto a show. Why? Because he makes tens of millions of dollars and the last thing that Tucker or Sean Hannity or any of these other ones want to do is lose that money, which is one of the P's, the six P's, which is profit. Right. You know, it, it, it's interesting too because there's a lot of things happening in the world. We have a lot of various different agendas, whether it's the the BRICS nation alliance that's forming between Russia, China, Iran, Venezuela, and, and Saudi Arabia, so forth, which is an economic um, organization, but will most likely turn into a militaristic aspect. Um, whether it's the destabilization within Europe, which is very similar to the socialist revolution of the 1850s, um, or it's the cultural and social revolution that's occurring here in the United States with the dumbing down of American people, the introduction of complete radicalized ideologies um, to the implementation of the World Economic Forum's totalitarian financial policies that are coming down through the banks, ESG, DEI, these types of things. Um, it, it seems that the world is being thrown into a state of chaos, perpetual chaos. Um, you know, and one of those things is this opens grounds for more mass manipulation. What are your thoughts? I agree. Um, I don't know if you're a bunch of a, a science fiction buff, but um, I used to watch, uh, back in the day, there was a show called Babylon 5. Mm -hmm. And there was the Borlons and then the Shadows. And the Borlons were about trying to manipulate people into carrying out their their agenda. And the, and the Shadows were about uh, uh, manipulating people for their agenda and both both entities were kind of invisible you didn't see them except for occasionally and the, the the shadow which is like our shadow government our deep state the darklings i call them in my book they're about creating chaos they're about destroying tearing down tearing apart the fabric of society about the very thing and building making people war against each other and destroy one another and um Whereas the Vorlons were more, hey, I'm going to come alongside, I'm going to guide. Yeah, people are still going to get hurt, but I'm going to try to guide you into a higher mind of thinking. 
And then at the end of the show, you end up finding it. They're both fighting against each other. Mm. But it's a really, the writer, Michael Straczynski, did a very good job of showing and incorporating that we don't understand the machinations and the mechanics of what's going on. And so the more you understand, you're exactly right. You're, ne you're mentioning all these names. And how many people 10 years ago had a clue who, who WEC was and the World Economic Forum and the, 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 the Club of Rome and the Bilderbergs mm -hmm. and, and all that? Not many. And now there's millions and millions of people who are waking up to this. What can they do about that? Well, I kind of share some of that in my book. But when you're aware of that, and you're going, okay, so is the United States good? Well, I think the, 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 the population by in a whole is a country like any other country. I don't think the average person, Josh, wants to go to war. I don't think the average person wants to go to their pump and pay $5, $6 for a, ga a gallon of gas when they know that the gas is in the oil and the natural gas is already in the ground and we can get it right now. Um, I don't think the average person wants to fight against each other, but when you start poking them like you poke a stick and you aggravate people by nonstop 24-7 fear-mongering, it gets people agitated. And that's the way of chaos is agitation, destruction, you know, create a crisis play, uh, then bring in the solutions. But when you look at what's going on with Russia and you look at going on in China, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little weird view that maybe I don't know if you agree with or others. I don't think China necessarily wants to destroy America because we, quite frankly, are like, they're like the tick. They're like the leech on us. And they're sucking the blood out of us. They have more of our money. They, have, they, they get more of our money because we get cheap goods because Americans have been convinced that cheap goods are good, better than more expensive homemade goods. Uh, the corporations have been bought off. They're, it's run by shareholders now. It's not run by CEOs. And the C shareholders say, we want better dividends. We want more payback. So we need to offset all those, uh, the costs by shipping it offshore. And the average person here in America makes a lot less compared to what they did in 1970. When one person could go to work, the other person could stay home. The wife in most homes could stay home. The husband could go to work, whether he was a janitor, a chemical engineer, or a, a labor union guy. They could go to work, work in 40 hours, maybe 50 hours a week, come home, support a family of two, three, four kids, and the wife could stay home. That mm -hmm. changed when everything went off the gold standard, when everything got started shipped offshore, and they brought in this, this uh, I call it the oil for money, the petrodollar. That change started changing things. And now you and I are at 2022, and it's my wife and I, we both work. Your, you and your wife probably both work if you're married. Um, my, my, you know, this is just the way it is, but it never used to be. And I don't think, I don't blame Russia and China and Iran and all these guys to do what they're doing. NATO has forced them into that corner. Now, right. my, my question to you, Josh, is, is this actually a plan that's above our pay grade and they want the, the two factions? Is somebody making money? Is so somebody profiting? This is something I've actually talked about on this show for well over two years. Um, back in 2020, early on in the show, I started talking about how China was rogue from the New World Order. Now, if we understand that the globalists created China, 
They yes. went in there, yeah. the Rockefeller Foundation, 1960s, uh, and funded enterprise in China. We had the big uh, industrial boom in the 1980s when hedge funds and American capitalistic money went into China and started investing in them. And then in the 90s and the early 2000s, we saw the stolen trade secrets, patent secrets, so forth going over to China. And, and one thing you were right about, I want to mention that, is that China is incredibly dependent upon the United States of America for sustainment. Uh, yeah. Because I think, you know, 84% of all exports come out of China, but still 50% of that those exports go to the United States of America, which its economy would shrink massively if the United States of America was gone. Yeah. Um, so on top of that is China. We start seeing that there were some problems during COVID that um, obviously everybody was pointing the finger of blame at China for COVID. But when you start realizing what happened and when you start looking at like the, the precursor events, event 201 that happened October 19th, 2019, yeah. and you read the description about the novel coronavirus that transfers into humans and they have to build an mRNA vaccine. But there is one little part about that that struck me. And this is where my research began on this topic is that it was in a wet market in South America, not China. So why was it released in a wet market? a hundred yards away from the Wuhan lab that was said to have built it, which basically puts all the blame directly on China and the level four containment lab if China built it. So it doesn't really make sense. Not only that, is releasing it there right next to Wuhan lab brings you back to follow the money. So it's Wuhan level four biocontainment lab. We have the WHO, we have uh, EcoHealth Alliance, we have Chapel Hill, North Carolina, the National Institutes of Health, Peter Daszak, Fauci, all these people are directly connected to this. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, John Hopkins University, right? All connected to this lab. So why would they release it right there? And so that was my theory is that China most likely um, – is rogue from the deep state, and that's why this was released right there by that lab. Not only that, as it points the finger directly back to the United States of America, their participation in this. It wasn't China. It was the United States who developed it. They developed it with the work with Chinese military and the generals, which we know there's fifth columns in China. China took drastic measures immediately when this was released, even going so forth to people's doors, dragging them out, shooting them, killing them on the street. People were dying on the street. So we had this this idea that the original virus was worse than originally thought. Um, but I said that I was on American Media Periscope with Sean Morgan, and I was saying, China's rogue. And they're like, no, they're not. You don't know what you're talking about. And now look what's happening. China is piggybacking or teaming up with Russia, who has always been anti-globalist, anti-New World Order, Right. And they are making this forward progression. And what they're doing with their forward progression is antithesis of globalism. And they are I believe that they're fighting the globalists, but the head center, the brain in the military for the globalists is the United States of America. And they don't want to come in here to the United States of America. They rather instead fight them with an economic warfare and social warfare. And so we have Russia moving to take over all the former Soviet states because of resource allocation. So we know resources and logistics are going to win the war of attrition here in the near future. China's going for Taiwan. 72% of all microchips are produced there. They produce, they control 84% of the global trade. All the major trade routes out of Singapore, Southeast Asia are all right there in the Taiwanese Straits. And so if China and Russia accomplish these two goals, they basically shut the globalists down immediately. They've yeah. also implemented aspects of what's known as the New Silk Road. This is treaties with Turkey and Saudi Arabia who are now joining the BRICS nations. So I think that China is rogue from the globalists. 
And what we're seeing is kind of their effort to take down the the globalist new world order and implement a new world order that is derived from nation state um, retained sovereignty where they, you know, think about it. If China did their thing and the globalists win, Xi Jinping's dead. They're going to enslave their people globally. The same thing with Russia. That, that doesn't benefit anybody there. So I, I look at this is there's multiple heads of the Hydra and there's various factions that are fighting for global control because the world has come to a point of severe vulnerability because this is what they knew. They had to ensue chaos to certain levels to bring about these points of vulnerability. Once these points of vulnerability come about, now people are going to clash over power. And it's interesting because the World Economic Forum and so forth are just sitting back and watching this happen um, and systematically going back into the financial institutions and restructuring that because that is their plan to take this all over after these countries basically fight it all out. Although I don't think that they're going to be very successful with it because they have the, the society of the world rejecting their ideology. And not only that, as you have it here in the United States of America, you have it over in Europe. Um, and so chaos is going to ensue, but I, I do see multiple factions fighting right now. I, you, you said a mouthful there, Josh, yeah, and I, I couldn't agree. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I have not been nearly as in-depth in the areas that you are or adept at those areas. But I just think about the Belton. That when you look at the Silk Road, that's been around for thousands of years. And these were trade partners way before the United States became a nation. Wouldn't it make sense you'd go back to building those alliances with your former trade partners? And, and Iran has been the boogeyman as long as I can remember. Oh, they're going to go against Israel, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, stop it. That's just propaganda. We don't want somebody who has the resources that Iran does have and by the way, if you've, I, I watched a thing by, um, oh, uh, it was a travel log, and he went over there, and I'm like, I go visit Iran. It's beautiful, quite frankly. There's just beautiful things to see. Mm -hmm. And what we do is, uh, it's propaganda. Again, the news owned by the government, the State Department, really runs this country, runs NATO. I think you know that. Um, the, the heads of this are, yeah, I agree, they're Leviathan. Uh, that's what I say. There's just a bunch of dinosaur Leviathans fighting at the top of the pyramid trying to see who's going to win. But think about this. Let's take it back to a, a right here in America. Roe versus Wade gets overturned. It was never a constitutional right. It got overturned. It now goes back to the states, which has always been. And what are we seeing? We're seeing states say, okay, we don't want it here in our state. Other states are saying, we'll pay you to come to our state. So it's going back to states' rights over the federal. We also saw the same thing with the mandates. Certain states says, we're not going with these mandates. Forget it. We're not going to enforce nothing. Other states like Washington, where I live, it's just like, it's, it's next to Canada, I guess. But the bottom line is the most coercive state in the union is, is Washington. And... The, the fact is, states are now taking more charge of their own statehood, which is breaking away, which is what the founders imagined in the first place. And not only can you do that statewide, you can do it county-wise, and you can do it town-wise. And on a global scale, I see that this whole idea of the one world global, it's going back to a trade partner's trades 
But I think you're right. I think a lot of new alliances or old alliances are being made as a survival mechanism and is, is uh, I'll just use the term, global homo has been trying to use the, the, the NATO, use the United States to go into countries all over the world and pollute those countries with the kind of perversion that we're dealing with here. And Russia said early on, years ago, we're not letting that happen over here. China's saying, we're not letting that happen over here. All the, uh, 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 all the um, uh, major Muslim countries, they're not having that over here. And so all of a sudden, you've got a, a group of people that are pushing this agenda, and you have countries that have been pushing against it. And now we're seeing and what's interesting is, aren't you seeing the Europe's going, well, you know, natural gas is green, so gasoline's green, so we're taking oil exports. And they're getting them from, where are they? I always got them from, Russia. So I'm with you, Josh. I see this as, it, we're, we're living in exciting times. Yep. This is a World War III, quite frankly, but it's a spiritual, economic, uh, pro, uh, propaganda war like we've never seen in our lives. And I think the COVID, they launched it. It wounded a lot of people. It destroyed a lot of people. It, it caused a lot of commotion. But hey, we also know that there's about 40 to 100 new billionaires that have been made out of the COVID. Now, I'm not one of them and neither are you, but uh, you've probably got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so then you realize this was never about a sickness. It no. was about money. It was about money, power, and control. And, and population control, because we are dealing with some very, very old blood eugenicists um, that have financed this world, the healthcare systems. And, you know, talking about Judge Alito and his um, majority opinion that he did on Roe vs. Wade, this is critically important because you're right. This draws back to the Constitution, to the Tenth Amendment. Um, and basically, if we if people actually went out and read his opinion, what they're going to find out is that the Constitution guarantees no right to abortion or to health care, for that matter. And it was really interesting timing that he came out and said this. And he didn't mention health care, but abortion is kind of thrown within that uh, that arena. But it was really interesting because at the same time, the WHO was trying to get all the global nations into this global health treaty, this global health care treaty. And here's the thing is that our Congress, our Senate and our president cannot enter that treaty. Number one is because they don't have that right through the Constitution, as Alito had stated right then and there. And that yeah. is one of the main points that everybody missed. So what this does is it throws it back to the states. Now, the states individually, they can go to the WHO and they say, hey, look, uh, you know, we want to enter this treaty. That, that, that actually can happen. But, you know, the founding fathers of this country were very principled. And one thing that they understood is that in order to stop states in this country, the federal government, from going tyrannical and oppressive or socialist or communist, I know those words didn't exist back then, but they're feudalistic in their sense, um, yeah. that you would have to make the states competitive amongst each other, not only with their economies and trade, but with rights and freedoms. And in the interpretation of the rights and the freedoms, this is why each state has their own Supreme Court. This is why they have their own constitution. And the founding fathers understood that if one state rose up and became incredibly radicalized to where they're saying, oh, abortions after 30 days and, you know, incredibly high taxes and all this stuff that people would say, well, you know what? I'm going to move to another state that is more conducive with my ideology. And people start moving away from that state 
Now you have these incredibly high taxes and they're basically getting rid of their middle class or getting rid of their taxpayers because they're all leaving, going to these other states where they have more freedom. And that state begins to dwindle in its economic prowess. And other states no longer want to do business with them because they're child murderers. And what happens is that state has to go back to the board and say, oh, man, maybe we made a mistake. Let's change the laws and be more competitive with these other states that are gaining people. And it rebalances the equation. And see, people don't understand how genius that was for the James Madison and Thomas Jefferson to really talk and discuss this through the Federalist Papers and bring about the Fourth, the Tenth Amendment, because this is really what it does. It establishes this competitive environment amongst the states where the states have this right to basically compete against each other on social, cultural, economic, um, and, and this legal basis to, you know, if you don't like it here, leave and go to the next state over, and I guarantee you're going to be much happier there. But then we have the economic aspect of this, which they have played as well, you know, is, hey, look, you know, you go to these conservative states and there's no big businesses there. And it's incredibly difficult to make a living within your skill or your craft or your trade. And this is the other part. And this happened in the 1980s with uh, the 80s, late 80s and the early 1990s with Bill Clinton, NAFTA, GATT and taking all the jobs and sending them overseas. This took it away from the Midwestern regions. These are the conservative yes. states. Yes. And they basically got rid of all the manufacturing, the processing and sent it overseas. And this is where all these competitive natures of these states and the economic aspect were at. Now they're all dust towns. I, I, uh, you couldn't have said it better. Um, they gutted the Midwest. They mm -hmm. gutted the conservative belt there, which were hardline conservatives and union jobs. They, they took all, they call it the Rust Belt, but the fact is that was the NAFTA. It opened up, it gutted millions and millions of living wage jobs. And that was not about, it was about a political ploy that's a long term. See, one of the things I talk about in the book, Josh, is that these people think in long terms. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about tomorrow. They're not thinking about next year. They're thinking about a decade, two decades, three decades down the road, even 100 years down the road. And they have a playbook, and they're following, and they do little things and little things that work them way down that football field of uh, their end zone. But the end zone is only for one game. And then you think, oh, boy, we're done with the COVID. It's over with. And I'm like, uh, that was only one game, folks. They're gonna, they still have another game. They have 20 more games to go before they go to the Super Bowl. And after the Super Bowl, they're going to run another, next year. They're going to do the same thing over. And people have a very short, short memory span. And, and it's good that you focus on the Constitution because what people didn't realize is never did anybody have to take an injection against their will because there's legally you cannot do that. You cannot force anybody. And you could have actually sued a company or even the state and sued your uh, school district if they tried to because that's assault and battery and you cannot force anybody against their will. And, and it's like people just don't know these things. They just, they're sheep. They walk along. They're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to, I don't want to cause any commotion with my family. So, okay, I'll step up and do whatever I'm told to do. And if we all do that, then we're going to have what we are going through with the, with the 2020. For two years, we had an oppressive situation and most people went along with it. Well, it's, it's getting people to understand what you're saying, Josh, is knowing their constitutional rights, knowing the laws. Because quite frankly, a lot of politicians were not 
following the law. They were acting lawless. And we, if we had done our job, and some people did, they went after the AG, they went after mm -hmm. the district attorneys, and they tried to uh, uh, sue them. And then that got stopped up because nobody did anything with it. And it's like, well, you got to follow through. And so it's so clear, and you're right, the federal government cannot enter into any who, they cannot enter into what's the uh, Kyoto Trade Agreement, all this. They can't do any of that because we are a constitutionally driven nation, and our Constitution doesn't say you have the right to do that. Right. People just, so they make this big smoke screen, they send delegates there, and they, they tell you blah, 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 blah. There's no blah, blah, blah. It's the reality is they, they could have said right from the beginning, folks, I can't do anything. Our hands are tied. Yep. But they can't, they don't do that because they lie, they deceive, and they use their position, their bully pu puppets, to coerce us to do things and to scare us. And then the Black Rocks and the, the, all the other guys can go, yeah, we got to push green energy. Because, by the way, I don't know, Josh, are you a, a do-it-yourselfer? Do you, do you like to build things or repair things? For the most part, yeah. Okay, so I went down to Lowe's the other day, and I was in Home Depot, that's the big box, and I'm looking for mahogany. I've got a project I'm doing for a client. I couldn't find it. No, not at not Lowe's. No, so I went online. Oh, Home Depot carries it, but you got to order it. So mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's actually going to be cheaper. It's going to be delivered to my house. But what's interesting, I was talking to a, a friend of mine, and he said, oh, by the way, that's because they've all taken the green certification deal. So when you go into Home Depot or Lowe's and you buy, let's say, treated lumber, look at the end. It says not set, not designed for ground use. Hmm. So in other words, it's just stained lumber. It's not even treated for what you think. So you're going to buy a fence post, you're going to put it in the ground, and in 10 years it's going to rot. Yep. So I went over to my local lumber store and I bought everything there for my treated because it's still true treated. Why do they do that? Because they want to look good on the on their budgets, on their on their ESG scores, yeah. But they're selling crap. Yeah. And so you and I have to be aware, don't buy any of the treated lumber at the big box store because it's not really what you think. And they're lying. They should put a big sign, warning, like the cigarette pack that says warning could cancer, warning, three by five sign right there. This is not treated for ground purposes. Wow. And you know what? Everybody would stop buying it. They'd go to the other lumber store and then they would say, gee, no one's buying this stuff. Maybe. Oh, by the way, the, 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 the fence boards aren't even cedar. They're cheap fur, they're hemlock. And <laughs> It's not good. It won't last. Hey, they need to point that out. This is fake. It's faux cedar. And, and uh, so that's deception on a regular basis. And, and the fact is, coming back to where you're at, the, this is that when the, when the government tells you, oh, we've got to do this, they're lying through their teeth. The news carries it. They're lying through their teeth. And constitutionally, once you understood that, Josh, you could say, I'm not going to worry about it because the who can't tell us what to do. And that's why later on they finally came out and said, well, we can't force anybody to take an injection because there is the religious exemptions and there's the philosophical exemptions and the medical exemptions. And we've left that in there. Right. What? Why didn't you tell everybody that? Well, they did a year and a half later. After they persecuted people for it. Oh, oh. yes. Because they're lawless. Right. Well, that's true. And they are lawless. 
And, and that's one of the b- biggest problems here. It's, you know, you know, Steve, it's not so much that they're lawless. It's that they hijacked the education system back in the 1980s and began the implementation of radical communist and socialist ideologies into our school system slowly but surely. Um, I was at the ass end of the uh, um, participation trophy crowd, right? Um, I I wrestled for for nine years. I did martial arts for 16 years. Um, I was uh, one of the top wrestlers in my school. I was one of the top martial artists in my, my state and region. Um, I played high school. I played junior varsity and high school football. I played JV in seventh grade. I played varsity as a freshman. Um, I know about winning. You know, I don't very know so much about losing because I very rarely lost because there is this motivation and incentive to get that medal, to get that trophy, to get that plaque, right? To, to go out there and be literally the best that you can be. And I was lucky to have. Um, athletic parents and brothers and come from a town that was well known for football and wrestling and we were just badass farm boys right but now I look at it and you know I I, I, I take my I live here in Colorado and my kids uh, they're they're entering fifth and fourth grade okay they have a fucking grad and sorry about my French they have a graduation every year I know Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, they, they set up this ceremony. They all walk down. They get their little certificate, and they're getting hugs, and parents bring them balloons and sh- What is this? This is absurdity. I had one graduation, high school. That was it. In college, if you're lucky, right? Like, I didn't graduate from middle school, or I didn't graduate from third grade. You graduated from kindergarten. Great job. You freaking crammed the floor. You know, here's a freaking participation trophy. And this is the thing is we made America weak. Yes, we did. It was by design, by the way, Josh. Yeah. Uh, in my book, I talk about it. It's actually been going on since the late 1850s. They brought in what they call, and I talk about this in the book, and I give you some references and books to go look into. But they brought in the Prussian School of Teaching, which was how to, how to convert a populace that is self-thinking, self-oriented, self-driven into good little robots that go to war, don't ask questions, and go to work in factories and don't ask questions. And so that has been carried through, and it, and it really took hold by the late 1920s was when the last school in the United States left what they formerly were teaching, and they started this indoctrination. And you're exactly right. When I went to my kids' elementary school, my, my oldest is now 19, I'm like, no bullying, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And then I started thinking, by the time my, my, my oldest son was in high school, he's getting pulled aside. He's told he can't wear his chain on, in the school. He can't, uh, he's got some, you know, some guns or knives on a shirt. Oh, you, you, you got to take that off. You're going to be, and I'm like, what? I, I, I carried a pocket knife my whole entire life. We played mumbly peg. And if you don't know what that is, that you just, you play with a knife, it falls down. And then it, 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 and my PE teacher in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade taught us how to do it. We do it at lunch and he'd join us. And, and, and the fact is, the, this idea of no bullying comes around because I had a talk with our local police chief about four year, three years ago, four years ago. And I was asking him, hey, I'm seeing all these, uh, these incidences of policemen shooting people. What's going on? And he says, Steve, the new crop of officers coming in have never been in a fight. <laughs> they don't know what it means to have their bodies pummeled. And unlike you, I wrestled. 
I sparred. I used to spar with buddies after work. I didn't mind getting my head beat in and, and, and seeing stars because I was doing the same thing back. We, you know, yeah, gloves and whatever. Um, wrestling, you're, you're going tooth and nail to try to nail that guy down. And if you get injured, it's just part of the thing. Playing soccer, slam somebody down and take the ball. It's part of doing it. You know what? You learn, you live through it. I've gotten my fair share of fights. I didn't like it. I finally got to the point where it's, I don't care. I'm, I'm going after the guy. He's giving me lip. And you know what? At that point, I just rose up in my own self-esteem. I didn't get in fights anymore because all of a sudden at that point, I said, I don't care how big the guy is. He's not going to kill me and he's going to feel something and he's going to realize this guy resists. And so back to what you were saying, by the way, what, what wrestling, uh, what weight did you uh, wrestle in high school? High school, I wrestled uh, 185. 185. Yeah. I, I wrestled 148. My son did too in his senior year. Um, uh, but the, the fact is when you work hard, you want to be rewarded. But also you have to remember, Josh, when you lost, you might have shed some tears. It made you upset. But you learned that that's life. There's always going to be someone better than me. Mm -hmm. I will work on my game. I'm going to get better. But there's always going to be someone a little better. That's good because they're, they've worked harder. But Life is like that. You win some, you lose some. You cannot be protected. Don't put people in a safe room. You have to take ridicule. You have to take people calling you names. You have to deal with the pain of standing alone for what's right. And too many people, they didn't want to, so they put their mask on. They went along with the whole program because they didn't want to feel like they were being picked on and ridiculed. And it's like, I guess you never grew up. You're still this little baby that's protected. And, and that's what the, let's, let's honest, that's what the guys at the top, I, I explain that in my book, want a whole population to be. Yep. Grazers. They want cattle that are easily manipulated, that go along. When you ring the bell, they go along with it. They don't want independent thinkers. Although, interestingly enough, they do say in their own document, they want a certain percentage of people to not be sheep and goats and cattle. They want them to rise above because they, they, they're looking from an evolutionary dog-eat-dog -dog world idea, but they want a percentage of people to say, hell no, we won't go, we're going to stand for our own rights. And you know what? That's why in most cases people didn't get bothered that stood up for the rights. Yeah, you had the peon uh, politicians and the peon whatever, but the globalists, they just ignored us. And there's a reason because they know, they looked out and they went, oh, look at the millions of people around the world that are protesting, that are walking the streets, that are refusing. Well, there's a little hope for a humanity after all. But let's take care of the sheep because we want to get rid of the sheep. Right. And guess who's been harmed? It's been the sheep. It's not been the people who said no, right? The people who said no to the COVID extremes and the mandates and the injections, we're not suffering. It's the people who went along with it that are suffering. So that's kind of an insider view of looking at this. And do you think not that a country that stands for itself grows a, couple, a pair and says, we're not going to take it? They're not going to, oh, they're well, Kind of like Russia right now. That's right. <laughs> Russia is saying, we can take care of ourselves. And hey, if you want to join the boat, we got a big boat over here. Join us. We are going to make this happen, just like all of us alternative our truthers, our, our constitutionalists, our freedom fighters. We've all joined forces, 
and now we are a site to be reckoned with. How many websites were like yours five years ago? Not very many. Then three years ago, then two years ago, one year ago, we're cropping up everywhere. And it's because we're joining forces all around the world and that Russia and their, their allies are doing the same thing. And America's going like, whoa. And yet those of us who are standing firm, we're like, whatever, we're moving forward. We're not letting you take us down. We can conserve a little over here so we can keep driving our cars. We're not buying electric cars, that's BS. And we know that over in another year, probably the gas prices are gonna come down. Insider, oh, by the way, insider knowledge, uh, they laid off over 100,000 people within the oil industry. And what, because no one's drove for two years. Now everybody's starting to go driving again. That demand is going back up yep. and they can't hire enough workers in the oil and the energy fields right now. They can't keep up with it. So those oil companies have to make some profit. They lost two years worth of profit. So I kind of look at that and go, well, as a company, I'd go, I need to make up some lost revenue. I think the price is going to come down another year or, or less just because they'll have enough people working out there. They'll fill that volume. And by the way, Biden, many, many, many months ago, secretly said, uh, don't worry about the leases. They're open. But you didn't hear that in the news. Right. Somebody I know who works in that world said, ah, it's all opened up, Dad. <laughs> oh, I yeah. gave you away. <laughs> but that's <laughs> where the world we work in, we, we live in. And we have to put on those discernment eyes, listen to people like you, Josh, who was giving this constitutional in insights and this worldview. So we go, oh, so what I see on NBC or what I see, don't even watch those guys. Just, just find your support net and go there. And you're absolutely right, is that, you know, any large corporation that has a board of directors where BlackRock or State Street or Vanguard is one of the majority shareholders, then you probably shouldn't be listening to that type of propaganda because that's exactly what it is. And here's the thing is if you ever noticed that the propaganda increased massively, it used to be you actually be able to get news off of these places, but it increased massively, not only during the digital era, but after about a 10 to 20 year implementation of this psychological warfare that they did on our children, you know, the, the grooming of our children with Disney and Hollywood and then the implementation of various ideologies through our education system. It, yes, it's sir. they waited yes, for those people to become the voting age. And that's when they started to attack them heavy and they started to push the propaganda. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. And I see a lot of people talking in the chat about this is that if humanity doesn't step up now, if the people out there that have the big cojones, if they don't rise up right now and become the leaders, this planet will fall to these uh, these rulers. It'll fall towards fascism. It'll fall towards totalitarianism. It'll fall towards the enslavement of mankind simply because People didn't do anything. It always reminds me of this, this quote from uh, um, Pastor Martin Niemöller from Nazi Germany in World War II. First they came for the socialists. I did nothing. Then they came for the trade unionists. I still did nothing. Then they came for the Jews, and I did nothing. Then they came for me, and there is no one left to stand and speak for me. And, and that's the truth is right now they are targeting everybody with psychological warfare and various other um, unconventional warfare tactics 
And people are dying right now. People are dying of biological warfare that has been perpetuated on human humanity. And nobody, and people are speaking up. Don't get me wrong. People are speaking up. But nobody's doing anything about this. I talked about this the other day. Ron Johnson had a hearing February 7th, 2022 with Lee Dundas, Todd, Attorney Todd Callender, Attorney Todd Rents, Robert Malone. Dr. Robert Malone was there. You had Dr. McCullough there. And they all told him that these vaccines are going to kill people at the 18-month mark. And they're killing military members right now. Project Salas data, DOD whistleblower, was leaked. And Ron Johnson, still to this day, is just sitting there going, well, I'm waiting for the data from, from the DOD to come in. And why, why aren't you on Fox News and MSNBC screaming like these vaccines are killing people? Stop taking them. I've seen the evidence. It's true. It's real. Because that would bring up a public debate about these things and people would start seriously looking at it. Hey, we have a senator yelling and screaming that people are going to die from this. Maybe I shouldn't get it. Maybe I shouldn't get the second dose. That why aren't these people doing that? And the reason they're not doing that is because of who finances them. That that's it. Yeah. It's profit. They're all in the pocket of big pharma. Yeah. Every senator and congressman, and I'll be honest, a lot of them are dupes. They are stupid. They're about as smart as a doorknob. The only thing they know how to do is they have things, they have bills written for them. They have legislation written for them. I have a buddy that works in the tobacco industry, and he said, Steve. Uh, when uh, Big Tobacco wanted to take over and control the, the vaping and the independent tobacco, they went in, they wrote their own legislation, they handed it to the senators, they said, good, they signed it and they put it in, which now put a protective zone around the R.J. Reynolds and these big guys, and it knocked out all the independent tobacco suppliers, and, and that killed a lot of sales. And so this goes on in the drug pharma company. Look, pharma company can't be sued because they put legislation in that said they can't be sued. But they are by the billions of dollars financing every one of those politicians mm -hmm. and their aides and their friends and their family members. And I'm going to be honest, in a chain of command, you have the guys at the top that are smart. They know what's going on. Then you have the next level, which is like, okay, they, they, they're taking advantage of it because they have their own little fiefdoms to run and then the ones down below i call them the impl implementers they're as dumb as a rock there are so many i saw an interview with one of the politicians and the guy's going so are you saying um that uh fauci that uh that 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 the injection i, I got a booster um that means he got three um isn't gonna keep me from uh getting sick with covid is that what you and fauci's you know doing his thing and i'm like that guy the senator really believed that it was the right thing to do was to get a shot and a second shot and a third shot because they're as dumb as a rock. They might be nice people. Look, I got family members that I love dearly, but they're as dumb as a rock when it comes to this stuff. Literally, they close their eyes, they believe what they're told, and they thought that this was going to kill everybody, COVID. And I'm like, I should, I, I said, I immediately went to the documentation, I went to those stats, mm -hmm. and I said, geez. The flu kills anywhere from 65 to 110,000 people every year. What's the deal here? And then, and then I started looking at all the stats in my city and my my state and the, and the national. I went, this is bogus. I tried to put some stuff on Facebook, warn people. They didn't want to hear it because people, again, why don't they want to hear it? Because they don't want to be perceived as uh, as some what's that term that they use um they 
Well, wear your mask to make people feel, I forget, the, I, I put it in my book, but yeah. people want to be liked. They want to be liked and they want to be appreciated and they want to be noticed and they don't want to be, you know, people to think that they're standing apart. So that need to be accepted, there you go. The need to be accepted outweighs the need to think. And that's where you and I really have to come in, Josh, is we have to help people understand that it's not, you don't need to be accepted. You need to think. Right. You need, because you're going to kill yourself and your family just because you want to be accepted. How many people have gone off to a false war thinking, hey, I'm doing my duty, only to come home and find out, God, I wasn't over there to do what they told me. And now they're dealing with the trauma. They're, they're having to relive all that they did and they were a part of. And they woke up after the case. And, and so we as human beings have to wake up and stop allowing what people think about us to go away. And we need to search after truth. I mean, Jesus said it this way, unless you're willing to pick up your cross and die, you can't follow me. Unless you're willing to love me more than your family members, you can't follow me. Oh my gosh, that's, that's harsh. Well, it's called following the truth. Mm. And when you follow the truth, there's a cost to it. And you have to be willing to pay that price. And a lot of people, Josh, don't want to. Uh, more and more people are. And I, I have hope. I have hope that actually there are, I think it's going to be state-wise. I think in the United States it's going to be state by state. I think you're going to see, like me, I'm Washington State. I'm in the northwest. I'm right above Seattle. I'm about 25 miles north. And, and we are like the most woke, destroyed area up here. And yet there are plenty of people who are not going along with it that have gathered together and we're more and more people. And I'm like, okay, if we can do that, and then of course I know a lot of people have left the state. They're moving to Idaho, Montana, uh, uh, Missouri, you name it, Florida, Texas, because those states have advertised, we're not going with this cabal. We're gonna be an independent thinker, uh, Oklahoma. And I'm like, there you go. Back to what you were saying, a few minutes ago is each state now is competing yep and if you want to live in a woke society where everybody is you know i live in a high-tech area and high-tech are very atheistic very self-gratifying very insular they don't want to be around other people their life is all on is all in in their head and that drives much of the politics up here i'm part of starbucks is in seattle that's their corporate they are so woke they push agendas Jeff Bezos in Seattle, Microsoft in Redmond. We're talking, I can drive to them in 25 minutes to a half an hour. I'm at their offices. And that permeates our area and it permeates the world. But the fact is there's plenty of places that they don't permeate other than what you're using for you know, their services. That gives me hope. And it also, I know that they can't sustain a war for only so long. Then the narrative runs out. They have to keep inventing something new. You saw the monkey pox and it kind of just kind of went away. People are like, monkey pox? That's, come on. And, 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 and you even started seeing with the Delta variants and the other variants, people started going, hold on. And, and a lot of people I know who got the jab, second jab, they're like, I'm not getting any more. That's enough. I, I'm not getting any more. I went down that route, no more. And they're not quite, they're not woke very well, but they are at least going, I'm not going any further. I have more of a, a hope. I'm not a despair kind of person. 
I'm a very positive, motivated kind of person. I, you know, lion zone, living in the lion zone, being courageous as a, a bold as a lion. That's my motto, because the wicked flee when there's no one pursuing, and also the scared and the fearful run when no one pursuing. And you and I should be the least fearful of them all, because we actually know that good does outweigh the bad. And if we're living according to a uh, a God-based, a constitutional-based, a truth-based life, and we're trying to be good neighbors and good community people, we shouldn't fear anything. Because mm. most of us, quite frankly, never really, yeah, other than a few people saying in the store, if we walked in without a mask, hey, put your, I'm like, ah, give me out of my face, you know, and then all of a sudden they got left alone. But other than that, and maybe sitting around, oh, you weren't invited to Thanksgiving um, or Christmas or whatever it was, um, that's all kind of gone by the wayside. I think we should have the most positive attitude and we should be up on the catbird seat looking down and going, look at all this stuff going on and the saber rabbling. And that's my book helps people understand the, the mechanisms, the way to get out of it. And then I have a whole chapter on what you can do. It's, it's focused on churches, but it's any community, how to set people free and actually join forces and make make an amazing world for ourselves you yeah. don't have to worry about what the rest of the world is going you just need a handful of people helping each other out you've got a community josh you and uh and and, and james and others are doing a wonderful thing and dude you said that you're you're you, you did all martial arts you did the wrestling and you you were a winner well you're still a winner you were willing to give up a day job i never so, stopped you know, you you gave up a day job and you've got the support of your family to do what you're doing, to build an alternative media platform that rings forth the truth, that points people in the right direction, that gives them the tools. That is an amazing thing. You didn't choose that. It chose you. Hmm. I like that. Think about that. You didn't plan on that. It came to you. I didn't plan on writing this book. It came to me. I am, I've met so many people that are on the front lines, and they've every single one of them, Josh, has said, I didn't choose this. It chose me. I didn't mean to be an advocate for parents at the school board. I didn't mean to be a vaccine anti-vaxxer, but now I am. I didn't mean to be a freedom fighter. I didn't mean to be a constitutionalist. I didn't mean to do And all of a sudden, they were risen. And I believe that when the tough times happen, that the, the tough rise up, the good mm. rise up. And it's pushing the good to the top, the surface, the 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 cream of the crop is rising, Josh, and the 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 garbage is going to sink to the bottom. And we're seeing people activated like never before, and it's exciting to be a part of that. That's why your listeners, your audience, needs to say, "I'm stopping." And look, if you if you dwell in the negative too much, it can that's an assailant. You're being assailed by a spirit of depression and fear and hopelessness. That's not from God. That is from the pit of hell. Mm. And you have to understand that. We can take in information, but when we have a cat bird seat, a higher level of perception, we go, let's just examine it. Let's question it. But then let's go back to our family and hug them. Love my kids. Wrestle with my kids. Have a great time. Go out and have a cup of coffee with your buddy. Enjoy life. Go on vacation. Work hard at your job. And, and, and if you've got a bad job, go find another job. I know so many people, Josh, who lost their jobs because they wouldn't bow 
to the mandates and they got better jobs. They're doing better than ever or they, they've started their own businesses. I lost my job in 2008 to 2010 when the crash happened. That was a real crash. Mm -hmm. In my neck of the woods, there were thousands of home builds put on hold for many, many years and years and years and years. And I had to reinvent myself. And I've reinvented myself several times because I'm able to say, okay, tough times happen. And, and please, folks, read the history of people's lives. Read the autobiography of people's lives and recognize, read Little House on the Prairie to your children. Find out what real tough times are. And guess what? My forefathers who had four, five, six, seven, eight kids, one of their kids had my great granddad and then had my granddad and then had my dad and then had me. They didn't give up. And the globalists don't want us to have kids. They don't want us to get married. They don't want us to populate the world. And God says, go out and populate the world. Have children. I will watch over you. I will protect you. And I will bless you. And thank God that my forefathers, 200, 300, 500 years, when they were going through tough times, didn't say, you know what? I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have kids. Because guess what? Steve Johan wouldn't be here. Josh wouldn't be here. And none of your listeners or readers, watchers, would be here today. But your forefathers said, I'm not giving up. I'm going to have kids, and they enjoyed their families, and you and I are here, a product of that, and we're now, I'm a father, you're a parent, I'm hoping for the day that my kids are going to get married, and then have their kids, and I can be a granddad, my wife can be a grandmother. We're not there yet, but I instill that in my kids. So I'm very optimistic. See, I hope you could tell that. I'm, I, 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 that's what my book's about, is helping people not allow the world system to dissuade you. And even simple as this. Don't let people con you into doing things you don't want to be doing, Ooh, whether it's a timeshare. Come on. Oh, you need this timeshare? That's a con job. No, you don't. Look at where the Black Rocks are. By the way, I've, I've got money in Vanguard. They're just a major mutual fund. And here's a side note. I've been doing some research on what they call the CAFR. It's basically the financial. Uh, it tells what the finances are of your city. Mm -hmm. And I just I just require requested from my my local township, and they said, yeah, we're not done with 2021, but here's go on there and do it. And what it does is it tells you where all their investments are. Mm. And I'm going to discover that my township has a budget of let's say 30 million dollars, but they have an account that's probably worth, oh I don't know, a billion dollars. Mm. So I I looked in my state's CAFR. I looked it up, I downloaded it, and I said, oh, there's $319 billion in Wall Street and Treasury and bonds that every... Shouldn't that be like the people's money? Just Thank saying. you. I mean, how are they paying for that with revenue that's, that's if the only revenue is from the people and the state is owned by... I mean, come on, right? I mean, if your state has these things... They do. Who are they paying them out to? So I'm learning this so that I can eventually go into my city and they say, we need to raise taxes. I'm like, stop right there. You guys have a hundred million dollars or whatever it is. You can use that money. Stop it. Now I'm gonna let everybody know in, in my community, if they start trying to raise taxes, I'm gonna say, did you know, here's the document, please <laughs> look for it. <laughs> because these guys have been shystering us for, it's legal. It's all legal, but they legally have to have a document to show you that. So when I request that they said, yeah, Steve, I'll give it to you. Oh, but they never tell you this in school. They don't tell you this in college. And you don't learn this in economics 101. 
They don't tell you that every state, every city has these uh, it, um, these 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 books, secondary books that tell you where they put all their investments, taxpayer investments. Right. It should and go like, back to the taxpayer when the dividends pay out. That's right. You and I can't do that, can we? We we were. It'd be like, uh, and I know people. They they couldn't make payments. They lost their job, and you know what they did? They dipped into their IRAs mm -hmm. to pay for their mortgage for a couple of months. And yeah, they took away some of their IRA, but guess what? They, that was their money. They didn't have to go out and get a loan. Well, that's what all cities should be doing too. They Agreed. Taking their own money, that's our money. So I'm just learning about this. This is hmm. a very exciting thing. Maybe in a, a future show. You, yeah, you I'm, need to keep me updated on that one and send me the information, because I'm gonna <laughs> investigate that. I'm gonna rip that one apart. Um, yeah. Steve, tell me where we can get that book. Well, you can go to Amazon.com. You can go to Barnes & Noble. Uh, just look up Breaking the Deception Code by Steve Johan, and you'll find it there. It's for sale. And if, when people do buy it, I appreciate it. Uh, also, when you've gotten through reading it, don't say anything until you've read it. Then please go in there and do a comment. Just let your people know what you thought about it. And I tell people, you need, in the book, I say, you need to read it at least three times. You need to go in underline it, make notations. This is a manual. It's not a one-time read, put it on the shelf. I know all about it. It's a manual. So please go to uh, Barnes & Noble, go to uh, Amazon.com, and then I got SteveJohan.com, and you can find it from there. But uh, yeah. Awesome. Steve, I appreciate your time today, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. We're gonna, definitely going to have you back on. I'm gonna, I'll hit you up after this. We'll, we'll talk and we'll get you rescheduled because I, I absolutely love talking to you. So Appreciate it, my friend. Uh, guys, we're going to go uh, to a quick break. We're going to come back with the news and the events of the day. We'll go into overtime today, so we'll be a little bit after 8 o'clock Mountain Time. But that's okay because we've got a lot to talk about. Steve, thank you once again for joining us. Take care, thank Steve. You. Guys, we'll be right back. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to Red Pills. Dot TV slash Patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash Patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. We are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. that has the highest inflation in over 40 years, where the stock market just finished the worst first half of a year in more than five decades. We are a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history, and we are no longer energy independent or energy dominant, which we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil. 
We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. We're a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've never seen anything like this. We're a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is about all you get. We're a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it's taken from the United States to build a military to rival our own. We are a nation that over the past two years is no longer respected or listened to all around the world. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot meet. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down as long as we are confident and united. The tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. All right, and that was posted on President Donald Trump's Truth Social account about 14 hours ago. And if you noticed, I noticed it. I don't know if anybody else noticed it. Is that there was a transition there from black and white to color. To me, that says um, dark to light. I, I don't know. I think there's something there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it was really good information. Because of what has happened. And so I've listened to a lot of other uh, media people very, very close to Trump and the Trump family talking about all this stuff today. Apparently they took 10 boxes. Um, they broke into a safe. Mar-a-Lago is closed during the summer, so there wasn't really anybody there. It was not very well staffed. Um, there is no people there, so they chose an appropriate time for this. Um, Donald Trump himself was in his head, uh, his home in Bedford, um, Bedminster, New Jersey. Um, he was in Trump's tower when it happened. Um, 
Apparently, they called the Secret Service two days before it. The Secret Service let the agents at Mar-a-Lago know the day of. Apparently, the Secret Service agents at Mar-a-Lago, right when the FBI showed up, left because they didn't want anything to do with it because they have a, a, a loyalty to the Trump. Um, but Trump knew. Trump knew this was coming. Trump and Scavino were tipped off by somebody. Somebody let them know that this was happening. And who was that? I, I don't know. But l- let's listen to a few things. Let's, let's listen to Judge uh, uh, Napolitano about this and what he has to say. Were exchanged at the time of the raid and overheard by his staff and revealed to media that this is about classified documents that the former president took with him when he left the White House. So it's the morning of January 20th, 2021. It's nine o'clock in the morning. There are three hours left to Trump's presidency. He gets on Air Force One and he has classified documents with him. He can do that at the time. He's the president. He can take them. He can move them. He can declassify them. At some point in time while he's in the air, between Washington and Miami, he's no longer the president. He no longer has his classified security clearance. He's no longer entitled to the documents. Two weeks later, the National Archives comes looking for the documents, and Trump says they're mine, and the archives says, no, they're not, and the archives calls the DOJ, and the DOJ is negotiating with Trump. Hmm. And during the course of those negotiations, identifying documents, and Trump is agreeing and turning them over. But during the negotiation, they secretly went to a federal judge and persuaded the federal judge of the following, that a crime was committed, not necessarily by Trump, but by somebody, and that in Mar-a-Lago and in the safe in Mar-a-Lago is evidence of the crime called probable cause. The federal judge agreed with what these FBI agents and a federal prosecutor there with them said under oath, signed the search warrant, and 50 FBI agents showed up at 6 in the morning. They called the uh, Secret Service saying, we're on our way. Here's a copy of the search warrant. Don't interfere with us and don't let anybody leave the premises. Now, they waited until the president was not there. If he was there, they probably would have said, Mr. President, would you open the safe? If you don't want to open it, that guy right there is a locksmith who will get us into the safe. But- okay. And that's Judge Napolitano talking about what happened there now. There is an interesting part here. We're talking about the classified information, which Trump was already um, talking and complying with. Apparently, he had taken some classified information from the White House, which is not unusual. It's probably information pertaining to his health or or whatever it might have been or something personal to him. Um, And by the way, the president has the ability to declassify anything he wants. So he could have declassified that information. I started thinking about this, and I think that there's more to this. It's almost as if they're desperate and they're looking for something. And they're looking for something that they know Donald Trump has. Now, I came out last night with a little speculation on this. That what if what they were looking for was Nancy Pelosi's laptop? Do you remember after January 6th, Nancy Pelosi's laptop was stolen, and there was rumors that Trump had ran a special operation piggybacked behind everybody, went in, grabbed the laptop, and got out. That would be the ultimate insurance policy that Donald Trump would need to stay alive and to fight the election fraud. Think about what Nancy Pelosi's laptop potentially would have on it. 
probably all the contents of Clinton's and Wiener's laptop, right? And the emails, absolutely. It would have dirt on foreign nationals. It would have dirt on every single congressman and senator. It would have the, the evidence of collusion and treason against this country. I think that uh, what they were looking for was Trump's dead man switch. I think they were looking for Trump's dead man switch, and I don't think it's there. I think that uh, maybe we can put this together. Um, Curse of Q saying devolution plans were classified in his safe or his... Uh, well, problem with that is if, if it's a peed, it, it's not in his safe at home. It, it doesn't work that way with presidential emergency do action documents. Each president... So, so here's the one problem with the peds, Okay. And I want to help clarify this. Let's say that Donald Trump goes in there and has certain peds, and he signs him into to authority. Okay, when Joe Biden comes in, Joe Biden goes in there and now has those peds. Goodbye, devolution. Joe Biden can go change those peds, create new peds. Yeah. So doesn't. Yeah. Anyways. Let's check this out, because this is... Be now. Who can it be now? So three days ago, Dansky Beaver told, the front, uh, told you a front door Donald Trump would be knocked on. Below, real Ben Bradbury also upends on his double foreshadowing. And that is right... Uh, there's the door right there. Is there a benefit? Think public optics to allowing your enemy to open the front door. This is where this starts to get interesting. So I'm going to pull up the door. This is Dan Scavino four days ago with the 45 door. Okay. Someone's going to knock on Trump's door. Is there public optics? Absolutely. There are. Look at this. 2961, 4th of March, 2019. Right. Warlike posture. Is there a benefit, think public optics, to allowing your enemy to open the front door? Warlike posture activated. Thank you for playing Q. Well, isn't that interesting? Now, oop, that's, I went too far. Now think about what real Ben is saying and Dan Scavino's saying. Starts to make a little bit more sense that what if Trump took the classified information because he knew that this would spark this investigation. They would come after him. They would go to Mar-a-Lago and they would search. And he planted certain information there. And that information basically begins it all. There's a big potential that this is highly accurate. By the way, did anybody know that today was the deadline for the FBI to hand over Hunter Biden's laptop documents? Hmm, very interesting. Not only that, is the judge who reportedly signed the warrant to raid Mar-a-Lago is the former Epstein lawyer and Obama do donor. Not only Epstein's lawyer, but the lawyer to Epstein's clients that were on Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein's list. Judge Reinhardt, Oh, yeah. Judge Reinhardt is one corrupt SOB. What else do we have from Judge Reinhardt? How about this? This is 
um, just a few days ago, 20, or 22nd of June, 2022. Why did he recuse himself from the Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump trial? This is Donald Trump suing Hillary Clinton and, oh yeah, Bruce Reinhardt here recuses himself. Why? Because he already had probably signed that warrant before or knew he was going to be the one to sign the warrant. This is all connect, Guys, this is like deep state, hardcore deep state. This is crazy. This is nuts. This is chaos. And look, I want to reiterate, I, 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 if you listened to the show last night and you, you think that I was saying that it's over and that, you know, we lost, then you're, you didn't listen to what I had to say last night. What I'm saying is, is the plan sucked. If this is the plan, it sucked because people weren't supposed to die. Right? What I was saying is that if there is things that we're going to do, it's going to have to happen through the uniting of the American people, of the global people. People have to come together to bring about and promulgate this change in the world. That was my message last night. Yeah, it was doom and gloomy, but look at the, the, the hits, the battles that are happening. So what else do we have here? Trump critics say Mar-a-Lago raid may have handed him the GOP nomination, potentially the presidency. The FBI raid of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate handed the 2024 presidential uh, nomination to Trump and prompted moderate Republicans to vote for him. Uh, Trump announced that his Florida property was under siege, occupied by a group of FBI agents. Ray was not announced and motivated because the Democrats do not want Trump to run again in 2024. And that is really the motivation behind this. They do not want him to run again in 2024. How about this one? Joe Biden's FBI apprehended GOP rep while traveling with his family and seizes his phone one day after the raid on President Trump. This is uh, Scott Perry, Representative Scott Perry, staunch Trump supporter. And FBI seized the phone of Pennsylvania Congressman Scott Perry's statement. This morning I was traveling with my family. Three FBI agents visited me and seized my phone. They made no attempt to contact my lawyer, who should have made arrangements for them to have my phone. If that was their wish, I'm outraged, though not surprised, that the FBI, under the direction of Merrick Garland, DOJ, would seize the phone of a sitting member of Congress. Look, guys, if they're coming after Alex Jones, if they're coming after Donald Trump, if they're coming after congressmen, they're coming after all of us. Mickey, uh, Mitchie, Mitch McConnell, absolutely nothing to say about what's happening to Donald Trump. He refuses to ask questions. Let's uh, let's see what um, Kareen has to say here. Let's listen to this. And on this raid, I understand you're, you're understanding the, the independence of the Justice Department, but just politically and in terms of the optics of this, are you concerned at all about how it looks for the Justice Department to be investigating and raiding the home of the former president who may very well be the current president's rival in, in 2024? Again, we're just not going to comment on, on any ongoing investigations from here. And do Republicans who say it reeks of politics? Look, uh, I'll say this. Um, you know, the president of the White House learned about this FBI search from public reports. We learned that's actually false, by the way. Um, Joe Biden knew about this. Joe Biden would probably have to sign off on something like this, even if he was cognitive of what it was. And just like the American public did uh, yesterday, and we did not have advance notice uh, of this activity. 
uh, President Biden has been very clear from before he was elected president and throughout his time in office that the Justice Department conducts its investigations independently. He believes in the rule of law and what we are, uh, our, our nations of law, our nation of law, and he, again, we defer uh, any incoming on this particular. All right. Nothing but uh, blanks from the White House. And she's saying that Joe Biden, Joe Biden didn't know anything. Oh, my God, they're reading Donald Trump. Oh, no. He said last week on Jimmy Kimball. Hey, yo, we're going to arrest him. He said it last week on Jimmy Kimmel. We're going to arrest him. And this week he gets raided. Well, but he didn't know anything about it. Bernard Carrick says Democrats may try to orchestrate Trump's assassination after the FBI raid. Yeah, yeah, this this is legit. Former NYPD Commissioner Bernard Carrick said Monday he is worried Democrats might try to assassinate the former president, Donald Trump, after this. Now, think about what has been happening here. Ivana Trump has a heart attack, double jab, falls downstairs, dies. We have Donald Trump being attacked in the media January 6th and now raided. What do you think Bernard Carrick is talking about here where they're going to try to assassinate Donald Trump after the FBI raid? They were looking for his dead man's switch. Why would someone like that say that? Now they're going to assassinate him after the raid because they're looking for his dead man switch. Once they have his dead man switch, which could be a plethora of information that basically takes down the cabal, the deep state, the globalists, uh, various different people. Once they have that, goodbye. And so we got to watch. I bet you there's going to be some type of attack. And who knows what they put in there? Who knows what they put? But... If you're paying attention, an hour after the raid, Dan Scavino on True Social. I thought I had this pulled up. Let me pull it up real quick. Because I'm, I'm in Scavino, so I can go and pull it up real quick. Dan Scavino in True Social. This is awesome. Because this reminds us of a little something. And let me, oh, that's four days ago. I want to go all the way back up to the top. He's been posting a lot, so that's three days ago. Dan Scavino posted this. And when I saw it, I go, whoa, well, that's uh, that's interesting there. Dan Scavino posts, do it, long dash 45, Trump 2024. Now, do it, blank 45. Do it, Q. Do what? You remember in November 2020, and I said, if Donald Trump loses this election, most likely what's going to happen is he's going to come out and he's going to create a social platform. Once that social platform gets to a certain point of, of, of usership, where they know analytically that when they distribute information on it, it can go throughout the entire world and it can't be censored, then Donald Trump will begin the release of this information on the deep state and the cabal. Do it. Do what? Right now, if, you, if Donald Trump came out and started basically making a confession, this is the deep state, this is their crimes, here's the documents, this is Nancy Pelosi, this is Schiff, 
here's all the information we have on him, here's all the dirt, here's all the evidence, and started releasing it on True Social. Within minutes, this information would be disseminated through all the internet, the back channels, it would be put on mirrored sites, and the world would not be able to ignore it. This is their greatest fear. And if that's their greatest fear, that's the one reason why they're going after him right now, because they don't want him to do that. And then Scavino, an hour after the raid, it says, raid says, do it. Do what, Dan? Well, we know what it is. Release it all. Get it all out there. Now, here's the other part. Remember what I said is I said if they come for Donald Trump in the state of Florida, DeSantis will kick the feds out of Florida and give Trump immunity in Florida. And that this is one of the reasons why DeSantis and Trump have not announced the 2024 run because it would be a conflict of interest. Look at Representative Anthony Sabatini said, it's time for us in Florida legislator to call an emergency legislative session and amend our laws regarding federal agencies. Several all ties with the DOJ immediately. Any FBI agent conducting lawful enforcement functions outside of the purview of our state should be arrested upon sight. Told you so. Right? I... I We've called this. We knew that this is how this is all going to happen. And what's the other aspect? Is if they find information and they actually can get criminal charges on Donald Trump, that disqualifies him from holding office. And look at how it says Clinton-linked lawyer points out the U.S. Code after FBI raid. This is Mark Elias. Of course it's Mark Elias. U.S. Code 2071, Title 18. And uh, this guy has everything to gain from this because he's under investigation by John Durham. I mean, this is the deep state trying to push back. Now, this also goes back to this aspect is what if Trump, the Patriots, Q, whatever, set them up? This is still my, my, my primary thought. We set them up. Let them steal the election. Let the whole country see the coup. And then we just collect the information. They're going to talk amongst each other. They're going to talk openly and freely. When does a bird sing? When it's free in nature. When do the corrupt, the evil, and the treasonous speak openly about those things? When they believe they're not being listened to. When they're free. I think something big's about to happen. And that's why this is ramping up more and more. But then on the other flip side, right? What do we have? How about China? Not again. China sounds alarm after detecting new Langya virus with 35 infected. This gets good because guess what? This is probably another lab leak and you're going to see why in a second. Langla virus has infected 35 people thus far in two provinces in eastern China. L- the virus, officially named Langla henipavirus, uh, henipavirus, is a entirely novel, meaning it has not infected humans before. Here we go again. However, it is in the henipavirus family, which two species have identified before, the Hendra virus and the Nipah virus. These produce often severe and fatal illnesses in people and there is no vaccines or treatments. The 
Henipavirus is classified as a biosafety level four with case fatality rates between 40 and 75 percent. Isn't it interesting that this all gets put out there a day after the raid on Trump? We are watching this battle, this war between good and evil spill onto the streets and it's getting kinetic. It's getting real. It's getting very, very real. I'd be stocking up on my Avermectin right about now. Ohio medical student dies suddenly due to heart issue during three-day bike ride for cancer research. And we met, you know, Olivia Newton-John yesterday and multiple others. What else do we have? WHO renews push for global pandemic treaty as the world creates $1 billion fund for vaccine passports. <laughs> you got it. Listen, if the WHO wants to try to get Americans under their treaty, we will go to war with or without our country. We will go to war against the WHO. And, and that is 100% from my heart. We will go to war. Just like the tyrants in England tried to do here in 1775, we will go to war with the WHO. And we will win. Don't do it. Don't try to implement any type of global anything, any treaty about healthcare. It's not going to happen. You're not going to win. Going on over the natural news, out of every 800 people over 60 who get vaccinated for COVID dies, according to scientists. A Dutch uh, vaccinologist who has co-developed various vaccines says that those in the, Wuhu, uh, the those for the Wuhan coronavirus are exceptionally deadly. According to Dr. Theo Shedders, one out of every 800 people over the age of 60 who gets jabbed by the Fauci ouchie will die because of it. This is an astoundingly high rate and one that the Western media refu- refuses to acknowledge. The Dutch government, Shedder says, found that excess deaths in the Netherlands are pronounced ever since the rollout of the shots under the Operation Ward Feed. The timing when they are administrated as well as the number of injections also plays a role. That's what we were saying before, is if you got one jab, you probably are okay. But if you're like double vaxxed and double boosted, uh, there's probably going to be some problems. And Russia is coming out with more and more blaming the Pentagon of running the biowarfare facilities in Ukraine. Not only that, they're saying that this is the source of the original gain-of-function research of COVID-19. COVID vaccine are 7,402% deadlier than other vaccines combined, warns the UK medicine regulator. This is so interesting how years after this, this is finally coming out. And this news is coming out right before we hit this 18-month wave. The UK Medicine and Healthcare Product Regulatory Agency, MHRA, released their latest yellow card report documenting the total number reported deaths due to COVID-19 vaccine from January 21st to July 22nd. During this 19-month period, the death total for COVID-19 vaccines was compared to the average number of deaths due to all other vaccines. The data showed that COVID vaccines are 7,402% deadlier than all other vaccines combined. Israeli monkeypox outbreak is linked to mRNA vaccines. Professor is censored, but not silenced. This is Professor Dr. Shamal Shapiro, one of Israel's foremost scientists, suggesting a tweet that the monkeypox outbreak is linked directly to mRNA vaccines. Twitter immediately suspended his account because of this. And he's not wrong. He's actually incredibly right. 
Now, you remember the Lancet? They were the ones that come out and talked about how uh, this was not a lab leak. The lag leak theory was completely BS and bullshit. And the Lancet is a prestigious medical journal. Well, guess what? The Lan- head of Lancet's COVID-19 investigation is convinced it came out of a lab. This is the same guy that years ago said, no, it didn't come out of a lab. That's absurd. Now he's saying it did come out of a lab. China has expanded their military drills around Taiwan. I wonder why. Why spend all that money just on military drills when you can have a full force invasion? Makes sense. And they're probably waiting for the negotiation of uh, Taiwan to see what they're going to do. And this is right. China extends the threatening military exercises around Taiwan. But what does Nancy Pelosi have to say about China. Let's let's listen to this. We still support the one China policy. We go there to acknowledge the status quo is what our policy is. There was nothing disruptive about that. It was only about saying China is one of the freest societies in the world. Don't China's one of the freest societies in the world? Take it from me, that's from Freedom House. Let's talk about democracy. Courageous people. And, and it's just, I don't know why it is, uh, except there's some commercial interests who would like to diminish uh, the relationship. We still. Absolutely unbelievable. The third in line to the presidency, the Speaker of the House, she said she called them a democracy. She called them the Chinese Communist Party, who's ruled for 50, 60 years, a democracy. Wow. I, I got to get one of those buttons that like, and I thought they were stupid. That lady's stupid. Representative Louis Gohmert drops bombshell in January 6th. Committee. Law code could legally force Capitol Police to release all the video evidence. And this, uh, the law that they're talking about um, is this one law that basically states that the, the Capitol Police cannot keep, uh, you must be aware of cha- Title II USC 1979 states that any member of either House of Congress can obtain information from the Capitol Police regarding the operations and activities of the Capitol Police that affect the Senate and House of Representatives. Subsection C makes clear that nothing in that law may be construed to prevent us as members of the House of Representatives from our ability to obtain those bi- uh, those documents or videos. And so that's right there. So I would love to see this information that the Capitol Police is withholding that they're trying to get. Uh, We talked about uh, the Inflation Reduction Act yesterday. Bank failures, global supply chain. We know the global supply chain is is on the crux right now. And uh, this is the expose. They're talking about how next year you're going to be living in China because of the social credit scores. And they are not wrong. This is Dr. Vernon Coleman who wrote this article. And uh, this will be posted later. But listen, we are moving more and more towards a digital ID in a global identification. And this is going to happen. They are going to implement it. It is going to occur and they're going to implement it directly mix it with esg and social credit so when it does happen and they start doing it we're going to have to fight back and i really do mean fight back 
kind of a gaffe by Joe Biden. I don't know if you guys saw this earlier. Let's go ahead and blow this up, play this for you. Chuck Schumer got done speaking, shakes Joe Biden's hand. First one. Shakes everybody else. Joe Biden's sitting there going like, what about my hand? Now our great speaker, our partner. <laughs> what a fucking moron. Oh, God. This is uh, this just going to get better and better and better, right? And Joe Biden was coughing relentlessly today uh, during one of his speeches. Listen, guys, we got the uh, After Dark chat tonight. That is on uh, socialredpill.com. You just go on over there. You go to the Zooms part. And you can find it there. Babalu! Babalu Rumble wins the, the night tonight. Babalu, God bless our country. Thank you so much, Babalu, for that. Uh, you guys are absolutely amazing for helping us with uh, this stream and supporting the Red Pill Project and everything we do. I released the scratching on Pill. There you guys go. You guys all have that there. Um, but, you know, I just appreciate you all. I appreciate everybody who tunes into the show, who subscribes, who goes to redpills.tv, subscribes there. For using our affiliates, whether it's Mike Lindell using that promo code at MyPillowRPP or My Patriot Supply, you get there by going to redpills.tv slash patriot. Uh, Kirk Elliott, getgoldtoday.com. Whatever it is, we appreciate you guys for all supporting the Red Pill Project and everything we do. Don't forget that we have the Texas Reckoning Fest coming up. TexasReckoningFest.com is the website. You can find information there. I'm hoping to meet a lot of you guys there. I'll be speaking at that event as well as we'll have a booth and a meet and greet so you guys can come out and check it out if you want to be there. If you are going to be there and you're on the platform and you want to uh, schedule kind of a, a place to meet, maybe a whole bunch of red people getting together and talking and chatting, let me know and we can uh, set something up. Other than that, we'll see most of you guys here in about 45 minutes on the After Dark chat. Everybody else, I hope you guys have a great night. We're going to keep our eyes open and keep investigating what's happening on with Trump and Mar-a-Lago, I think that this is the beginning. I think that the storm is here. The Patriots are beginning to fight back, and I think it's time. I think it is time. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. We'll see most of you guys tomorrow.